The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Everyone, and thank you. I mean, the fact that we are alive and the fact that we are live. I mean, here we are, all of us intentional spirits celebrating information that we receive each and every week with dynamic, intentional people. You know, that one of the things I like to say, not so much to remind you, but also to remind myself, is there's a big difference between people who have good intentions and people who are intentional. Often people have good intentions. They set out to lose the weight. They make a decision. They're going to have a calmer life, and and they're going to go to classes and be more dedicated to meditation, uh, which our guest is certainly going to be able to help us out with that today. There are lots of people that have good intentions, but it's the intentional person that regardless of appearances or new challenges that come in or situations, they carry out those intentions, and that's why I love having this show. That's why I love featuring uh, dynamic people, um, because we are all in this together, learning how to show up and stand up and be bold and brave and, um, and contributing in whatever way we can to be a peacemaker. Our guest today is no different. He has spent so much of his life dedicated to the art of meditation. Not only that, but he is a trailblazer in bringing to the awareness, you know, to school systems and in more public settings, not just limited to Eastern or to, you know, New Thought communities. He is known as Mr. Meditation himself, Leonard Perlmutter. Leonard, welcome to our show today. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Temple. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. I just, um, I honor your work so much because, um, you know, uh, those of us that are in a spiritual practice, um, we can certainly increase our practice of meditation. I, I think um, in many ways, um, everyone can, even if it's a moment breath while you're sitting in a traffic light, you know, in traffic. However, uh, what I love about your work is because it's so credentialed and so credible, uh, that you're getting it in places that um, most people dream about, but it hasn't happened. How did you get started on this path? Well, you know, I've always been very philosophically oriented as as a child. That's just the way that I saw the world. And as a young person, uh, grade school uh, and high school, I uh, joined the Scouts. I was a Cub Scout. I was a Boy Scout. And I loved scouting because it it taught practical skills life skills and of course the motto for scouting was be prepared uh didn't fully understand it uh, as a child uh be prepared for what uh but what they were training us uh, uh to do was to be prepared for anything anything that life can uh, can throw at you and uh later on in my life 
when I started to study yoga science, I felt like I was back in scouts. I, I felt that uh, I had uh, deepened my understanding and I was learning new tools, new skill sets to deal with uh, different kinds of relationships. Uh, and I love to uh, learn like that. Uh, I have always had a little bit of an aller- allergic reaction to esoterica for esoterica's sake. Unless it were grounded uh, in something that was practical in my life, I really had very little use for it. Uh, And yoga science is just full of practical tools and suggestions on how we can live our lives purposefully uh, without pain, without misery, without bondage to fulfill the purpose of our lives. I love, uh, Leonard, that that you said that. I mean, there's there's a greater reason as to why uh, you and I have met each other at this particular time because I am so about that, and I've I've been about that uh, for 30 years since I've been, you know, a spiritual teacher. Is you know, there's just too much talk about theory and you know things, woo woo, esoteric, and blah 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 blah. But what really people are seeking and longing for and children are seeking and longing for in our, 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 our planet today is for people that are into a practice of something that works, that works effectively, and how they can actually use it uh, wherever they are, whether they're in corporate America or they're in a uh, soon-be-divorced relationship or looking for a new one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that you, you said that. You're, I've been doing this show for five years, and you're the first person that ever said it, just like you did. Can you repeat it the way you said it? Because I, I want to use it. I will give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I could repeat it, but I, I, I know uh, personally that uh, if I were going to uh, start a business, uh, the first thing I would do, I would sit down and I, w- I would write a business plan. And if I were really serious about going in business, I, I would call a couple of banks. I would ask them if uh, if I could arrange for a line of credit. And then I would sit myself down and, and I would uh, construct a, a survey. And I would ask people, do, do you want my service? Do you need my service? Do you want my product? Do you need my product? So if I were going into business, I'd have a business plan. So I find it interesting that every human being that I've ever met Uh, wants to be happy, Uh, they want to be healthy, they want to be secure, they want loving, nurturing, creative relationships. So I just ask on a very practical level, how are you going to get to point B from point A? Well, you need a business plan. You you need uh, a philosophy of life. But at least in my life, nobody uh, ever taught me that, that, you know, for life, you need a a philosophy. Uh, and, And I found that through the practice of yoga science. Yoga uh, is really the oldest form of mind-body medicine, uh, and it it holds out uh, uh, the 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 goal to experience happiness, health, and security, and it provides a scientific, philosophical template for doing just that. But before we can experiment. We have to be willing to use our own mind-body-sense complex as our personal laboratory to undertake scientific experiments in search of the truth as opposed to just habit. And all of life is relationship. We go from one relationship to the next to the next. Thousands and thousands of relationships we have in one day. Uh, And yoga provides us a philosophical and a metaphoric bridge that will connect our thoughts, words, and deeds with our own inner intuitive wisdom. And if our outer actions are aligned with our inner wisdom, if, if we're, our intention is pure and we practice, the promise is we will experience happiness, health, and security. The corollary is also tested. If we don't 
base our outer actions on our inner wisdom, then instead of happiness, health, and security, uh, we experience physical, mental, emotional stress, dis-ease, and pain. And if we don't heed the lesson of pain at a low decibel level, it just gets louder and louder and louder. So I often think of Neil Armstrong in a situation like that. When I, when I was uh, in high school, Neil Armstrong <clears throat> was flying this little lunar module from the mothership down to the surface of the moon, the first human being to land on the moon. What a courageous uh, experience uh, he had, and thrilling. As he was flying this lunar module, what was happening? Well, he had onboard computers that were reading all sorts of telemetry. And then that telemetry was radioed back to Houston, uh, to the Space Center. And they, they put them all that information through these supercomputers and radioed back to Armstrong certain instructions on how to fire each of his retro rockets in sequence for certain amounts of time so that he could have a safe, soft landing. And that's what we all want uh, with relationships, but we're not taught how to read the telemetry uh, so that we can make conscious discriminating choices in every relationship so that the consequence is going to bring us to fulfillment rather than pain. But yoga provides us that template, and I'm eternally grateful for it. Now, uh, Leonard, when did you open and start the American Meditation Institute? It started in 1996. Uh, I am a disciple of uh, Swami Rama of the Himalayas. I uh, have been practicing uh, his teaching for 13 years, exclusively through his books and writings. Uh, I did not meet him uh I, I started studying in the mid-70s, and I met him in 1991. Uh, and in 1996, just a few months before he passed, he sent me a note from India. And, of course, we didn't have Federal Express or uh, overnight UPS uh, at that time. Uh, so it took uh, probably uh, 10 days to two weeks to, to get to me in upstate New York. And... Uh, the, the letter was really just a, a, a very brief note that contained three words. He said, start teaching now. Uh, and it, uh, it sort of floored me because uh, I've always had a little bit of a shy personality. I never really uh, would hold myself out as an expert in yoga science. I had too much respect for it. But since my teacher, my master, had instructed me to teach, I, I said to myself, well, gee, uh, maybe I don't have a choice here. Maybe I need to do this. So I sat myself down and I contemplated, well, what could I possibly teach with authority? And the only thing that I came up with was, you could only teach what you're practicing because I've experienced something through my own personal practice. It's not like uh, I'm gathering all this, uh, all these facts and, and regurgitating it uh, as an ornithologist might uh, in the study of birds or something like that. No, this this came from my own personal experience. So that's that's what I started uh, to teach, and and that's uh, why I founded the American Meditation Institute, and I named it the American Meditation Institute because. I had a teacher from India who planted the seed in my consciousness about the efficacy of, of yoga science, and yet I was born in America. I'm an American. I have different life experiences than Swami Rama ever did. Right. And it's, it's, it's always very important that every human being who receives knowledge begin to work with it within the constellation of their personal relationships. So it's not about uh, going to India and uh, and becoming enlightened or going up to uh, the mountains, uh, you know, for weeks on end or years on end. No, the, this hero's journey is about, you know, going into the deep, dark forest for a period of time to be able to uh, understand uh, 
what these dragons are that are that are in our minds and do battle with them. I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about anger. I'm talking about selfish desires that conflict with our inner wisdom. And if we're earnest, if our intention is pure, we receive teachers, we receive guidance, we receive support from all sorts of quarters. And when we receive this truth, then we are obligated to go back into the constellation of our relationships and be a light, as best we can determine. And so that was that was the, the kernel of the idea of the American Meditation Institute. I, I felt a calling to reinterpret this ancient wisdom for, for people like all of us who were born and are raised or came to America uh, and are living lives in this 21st century. It's you know, if the truth be known, it's it's a tough assignment being a human being. We are, we are so complicated, and on many levels, because of uh, the deficiencies of our educational system, we're not really gifted the tools that we need. We are given knowledge. We're asked to assimilate the knowledge, and if we're good students and we're tested on this assimilated knowledge, we'll be given a diploma so that we can get a job. But that's it. And all of these faulty concepts that I have uh, stored in my unconscious mind that are a million times more powerful than good intentions are still the software package that dictates my thoughts, my words, and my actions. And and I get... I, I experience painful situations. But with yoga science through the practice of meditation, we gain tools, we gain life skills that can change the software. And now we're learning, not only can we change the software, but through neuroplasticity, we can even change the hardware. Absolutely. I, um, I love the fact that you, you saw the importance of branding it a little bit different because, you know, I, I can remember as a, as a teenager, which has been a while, you know, when we would go to a yoga class and then we would tell other people we were going to the yoga class and they would go, where is that from? You know, oh, and that's not something from around here. And, you know, and, and then if you're in a real uh, religious kind of uh, organization, it's like, I'm not really sure if that's, uh, you know, based on any of our teachings or, or anything like that. And that's the beauty of what you've been able to do is often... Uh, many of us, you know, say that we want more positive things, you know, in, in the universe. We want more positive people to be influenced. We want, you know, children to be more grounded and stuff like that. And because of the Institute, you've been able to get into um, school systems and to colleges. Um, a lot of them, haven't you? Yes, and uh, we, we've been certified by the American Medical Association to teach physicians. We've been certified by the American Nurses Association to teach nurses continuing medical education. So something is really changing. Well, you know, I I guess it's surprising to me, um, you know, as much as we have uh, accessibility to, you know, Google anything, um, that, that there's still so many... Uh, misunderstandings about the broad word of meditation, what it can be, how it can impact you, how it can benefit you. Um, we still have people thinking that it means that you need an hour to go with your you know, fingers crossed and you just sit in stillness and you, you'd start there and you never do anything else. I would like to talk to you a little bit about that, about the different layers and the different types. And, you know, I know in Celtic shamanism, which I studied many years, there could be standing meditation, there could be sitting meditation, walking meditation, et cetera, et cetera. But I was very curious, and, and we're very fortunate today. We have um, people listening like Elizabeth from Norway. We have Jax. We have people that are listening from all over the world. So it's fun to have them tuning in, and we're appreciative of all your comments. But... Talk to us a little bit of, about meditation and, and different levels and different ways to go about it and approach it. 
Well, there are different forms of meditation. Uh, actually, everybody meditates every day, and, and they're not even aware of it. When, when you're eating a delicious ice cream cone, it's a form of meditation. When you're gambling in Las Vegas, it's a form of meditation. When you're reading a fantastic novel, it's a form of meditation. Uh, when you meet somebody uh, that you fall in love with, it's a form of meditation. In those experiences, something happens to the energy of the mind automatically. It's focused, automatically focused to the exclusion of everything else. It is giving our one-pointed attention to the ice cream cone, to the book, to the movie, to the human being. Uh, and so we all have experience of, of meditating. It's just that meditation in yoga science uh, trains us not just to enjoy the ice cream cone or the, or the book, but to create tools that will enhance our capacity to make every relationship rewarding. So when we sit in meditation, and we teach from a mantra-based uh, lineage that is the oldest continuous meditation tradition in the world. Mm -hmm. And by the way, when, when you talk about uh, uh, folks uh, from different uh, uh, religions, yoga science is the origin of, of every religion. Uh, uh, I spent many years uh, reading and studying uh, all the world's great religions, uh, because I, I, I too, experience pushback from people, and uh, I wanted to know from myself, from my own experience, uh, is there any conflict? And I, after I began to uh, investigate and examine these world religions, if you peel away different factors, uh, different personalities, different uh, economic, social uh, uh, conditions, at the core of every religion is yoga science. It's, it's very amazing. Uh, so meditation provides tools, practical tools. For example, if I'm meditating on a mantra, mantra is a word or a series of words that contains the name of the supreme reality. It's a vibration. And quantum physicists are telling us that everything is a holistic vibration of particles and molecules. Why do we see separate uh, individuals and objects? Is exclusively uh, due to the limitation of the brain and the senses. We see two where there is really just one. Uh, but we have to live in the world. So on a relative level, we accept that. But to make relationships meaningful, we need to establish one-pointed attention, and that's what meditation helps us to do. We give our full one-pointed attention to one object. In a meditation, it's the mantra. And every time we give our attention to the mantra, three things happen. It generates in our lives love, fearlessness, and strength. Also, one-pointed attention helps us to create a space between stimulus and response. What does that mean? If I'm meditating on a mantra with one-pointed attention, and I'm generating love and fearlessness and strength because I am giving attention to this mantra, within a very short time, the mind is going to get bored because the mind is addicted to stimulation. That's why we have two or 3,000 channels on cable TV instead of three, like it was when I was a kid. Uh, we have seemingly infinite number of channels on the Internet. That's because uh, we're addicted to stimulation. But in meditation, we close down the senses. We don't look. We don't smell. We don't taste. We don't listen. We don't touch. That's a tremendous amount of stimulation that is not stimulating our conscious mind which is addicted to stimulation. So what's a mind to do? It opens a little trap door to the unconscious mind while we're meditating, listening to the mantra. And after 10 or 15 seconds, when that trap door is open between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind, a little bubble drifts from the unconscious into the conscious mind, 
and I am aware of, hey, what's for dinner? The voice says, oh, I say, I love food. Maybe I'll have Indian food. Maybe I'll have Italian food. Maybe I'll have Chinese food. Maybe I'll have a leftover pizza. It means that I have a new relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a new stimulus in my life. But I'm supposed to be meditating. If I give attention to the food, I'm not meditating, I'm thinking. So before I can go back to the mantra, I have to resolve this relationship with this interceding, uninvited thought in the form of food. If I, if I push it away, it's going to get stronger. If I serve it, I am not going to uh, be uh, reaping uh, the fruits of my meditation practice. So what what I'm asked to do first is to create a little space between stimulus and response. It's called detachment. And in the space between stimulus and response lies my freedom to redirect my attention to one of the four major functions of the mind called conscience. Now, the conscience, we all know we have a conscience, but nobody taught me in school, college, or university about the purpose of a conscience, nor uh, in how it works. The conscience, which in Sanskrit is buddhi, and in Christianity is the Holy Spirit, the conscience works as a mirror. It has a reflective capacity. And what does the conscience reflect? Well, it reflects perfect wisdom from something called the superconscious portion of the mind. The superconscious portion of the mind is something that I never learned about, but it lies beyond the conscious mind. It lies beyond the unconscious mind. It's the same portion of the mind where Paul McCartney hears beautiful melodies. It's the same portion of the mind where Albert Einstein saw mathematical equations. It doesn't mean that Temple that you're going to become a great songwriter, nor does it mean that I'm going to become a great physicist. What it does mean is when we have a relationship, if we can create a space between stimulus and response, that space will slow down the action enough so that I can redirect my attention to my conscience, the buddhi, to determine the thought to think, the word to speak, and the action to take. That will lead me for my highest and greatest good. So in meditation, in meditation, I gain one-pointed attention. I create the tool of detachment. I create the tool of discrimination. And if I can regularly base my outer actions on my inner wisdom, I am building the muscles of willpower. So with one-pointed attention, detachment, discrimination, and willpower... These are tools I can bring into every single relationship that I have to make it rewarding. Mm-hmm. It's it's life altering, and those of you that are that are listening and tuning in with us, we're we're so glad you're here. And um, just to encourage you, if you're if you're not really uh, focusing on this practice and and being aware of those spaces between the moments and what's happening in your life, it is. It's it's like, I, I can't say enough about it. It just has made all the difference in the world to go from a former addictive type of personality to a reactive type of personality through the years to a place where that calmness can exist. Uh, it changes relationships, it changes experiences, and it's just an amazing thing. We're talking today with Leonard Perlmutter, uh, the founder of American Meditation Institute. You can go to AmericanMeditation.org and learn all about them. It's just absolutely incredible um, what they're doing. Uh, Leonard, one of our listeners um, wrote in and was saying, um, you know, the benefits of listening to the mantras with uh, David Pramal and uh, and Matin, and um, they're they're great people and they do so much for humanity, but. I have an elder uh, poodle that is on the lanai, um, pretty much lives out there during the day. <laughs> That's what I play for her all the time, the meditations and the songs with Deepa from all. And um, she just is ageless. I mean, we don't even know anymore, you know, if she's close to 20 or not. 
but she's living in that vibe, you know. She's just in that energy field all the time, and uh, and those mantras are being uh, played for her. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. We're going to come back. We want to know more about how it relates to health and, and so many other benefits of what we can do when we train our mind to be more focused and we learn how to allow in the spaces of what we we can be. Thank all of you for tuning in and following on simplehaze.com or visiting us at firstunity.org. Love it that you're participating with the work that we're doing. And much love to all of you tuning in. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us. you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world that's easier than ever with mobile giving just text unity radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives Available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. You pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free you pray app and links to download. Visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at the intentional spirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. We're talking with Leonard Perlmutter today, and he is the founder of the American Meditation Institute. He has been able, his core team, uh, the group of people that are dedicated to his work, he has been able to influence and affect so many people in, in the educational system and the highest credential place of meditation and the value of, of yoga. Uh, he is the author of many writings. You definitely want to go to the website, AmericanMeditation.org. We're just giving you somewhat glimpses today of different windows um, I, I love that, you know, the way you highlight, um, Leonard, you know, beyond theory and something that's esoteric into the practicality. Um, I, I think of um, Stephen Covey in the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I've always loved that. He said that, you know, no one would build a house and just invite a bunch of people over, you know, the contractor, the bricklayer. Uh, the floor maker, the wood, you know, the craftsman for the kitchen and just say, go at it. You know, nobody would do that. They wouldn't say, oh, build me a beautiful house. Just throw it together with whatever way that you do um, without having a, a real plan, a, a model, a blueprint. And this is exactly what you're saying. One of our uh, listeners, Elizabeth, she said, 
I got to know myself through meditation, the real me, not who I was thought to be. And I think that's uh, such a big distinction is the pauses that you're talking about, the tuning in with the superconscious, the the connection of, of those spaces. It, it allows us to be more current and emerging into who we're becoming versus living a reactionary life based on what we're not even necessarily content with. And, and an awful... Uh a uh, lot of uh, our challenge uh, lies in the unconscious mind with our concepts. If the truth be known, each of us uh, has faulty concepts in the unconscious mind. I know personally when I was in grade school, I had a teacher who taught me uh, in first grade that one plus two is three. I believed her. And uh, uh, I now have that concept stored in my unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And whenever I have a relationship, uh, uh, I will uh, go to that concept. One plus two equals three, and I'll be correct, and I'll benefit. But I also had other teachers in my life that taught me that one plus two is four. And I was naive back then. I was impressionable. I wanted to be accepted. And I also stored that faulty, untrue concept in my unconscious mind. And even even today, when I'm in certain kinds of relationships where my emotional buttons are pushed, one plus two equals four is my go-to concept. Mm. And every time I use it, I hurt myself. Mm. So... The point is that our perceptions are skewed by our conceptions. And our conceptions are like cataracts. We don't see the world as it really is. We don't see relationships as they really are. We really see our own mind. There's a wonderful little teaching story about baseball umpires. I I love baseball. Uh, It's sort of a a sport of life. Uh, But there were these three umpires, uh, and they were discussing how they call balls and strikes. And the first umpire is a rookie, has not pit, has not uh, called balls and strikes and umpired a game in the major leagues yet, and he says, I call them as I see them. And the second umpire, who has been calling balls and strikes in the major leagues for about 10 years, says, I call them as they are. And the third umpire, who's an old pro, he's been in uh, the big leagues for about 25 years calling balls and strikes. He looks at the other two and he says, they are what I call them. And that's, I that's, love that. Okay, I'm going to use that, okay? Sure. I mean, that's a good one. That's an excellent one. And it, it's so true, isn't it? Yes, it's very true. It's very true. We see what we know. It's it's not what uh, it's not uh, what's in front of us that causes us so much stress and anxiety. It's what we think about it. That is so. so, if, so if we can if we can change our perspective, we can change our experience, and that's what meditation and yoga science does. Meditation, as you've indicated, uh, uh, Temple. It does something that nothing else can do. It introduces us to ourselves. You see, we have a body, but we're not the body. We have a mind. We have thoughts, desires, and emotions. We have lifetime relationships with our mind and body, but we are not the body and we are not the mind. We are pure consciousness, wisdom, and bliss, having a human experience. And so the key to successful living is to unite the two worlds, Right now in our culture, we're separate. We're, we're separated from our essential transcendent nature of consciousness. But if we can create a bridge between those two realities, when we have a new relationship, if we can use that bridge to access inner wisdom and then use that inner wisdom as the basis of our thoughts, our words, and our actions, the consequences 
will bring us the happiness, the health, and the security, the loving, nurturing, creative relationships that we need. I'm not asking people to believe me, though, because right now uh, it's just hearsay. But if you're interested, if it piques your, your imagination, then turn your entire mind-body-sense complex into a laboratory and test it yourself. That's the only way that you'll know for sure. And it will absolutely and totally change your life. That I know for sure. Uh, there, There's nothing like it. And what has amazed me through the years, um, Leonard, is that, um, you know, often if I do go uh, somewhere and I have to fill out a questionnaire, you know, they're, they're just, they can't believe it, you know, that at my, at my age that I do a B12 and that, and that's it, except for uh, some good glasses of water all day long. Uh, and oh, I'm, the million dollar prescription. The million dollar very, prescription. That's right. Hot water, very, hot water. <laughs> it, it's so, it's just, you know, really what it's all about. But I, I say that not to impress upon anybody because it's called discipline and the different things that you do that you're willing to get those kind of benefits. But um, how within your your background and your studies and the things you experienced there at the Institute, I'm sure you've taken note through the years of the amazing impact that yoga and meditation uh, makes upon a person's health and well-being, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we've we've done a lot of work uh, with that. Uh, we now we have the honor to uh, be able to uh, train physicians and nurses for continuing medical education, uh, and they are coming to classes uh, because it it's a real benefit. It the the government and the medical community agree that the vast majority of diseases, they're all caused uh, by lifestyle choices. And lifestyle choices begins with a thought. So if we can change our thinking, we will change our speech and we will change our actions and we will, and we will let go of faulty concepts that cause contractions in the mind, contractions in the body, that bring about dis-ease and pain. And we can, the body can reach its natural uh, balance to bring health back to the body. And epigenomics is another thrilling example uh, of yoga science coming to life through modern science. Uh, just so happens that we're learning that uh, DNA is, is no longer destiny. Uh, just because mom or dad has gifted us a gene uh, doesn't necessarily uh, condemn us to uh, uh, experiencing that disease because of what the scientists uh, uh, are and uh, docs are finding out that on top of every gene is an on-off switch. Okay, it's an epigenetic mark is what they call it. It's, but basically it's an on-off switch. So even if at birth the switch is on, by different lifestyle choices, we can turn it off. And if we can turn it off, and if I have a child, that child will receive that gene in the off position. And then if my child has a child, my grandchild will also receive that gene in the off position. For two generations, the, the current uh, clinical studies in animals is, is pointing to. So it's very empowering. We're just scratching the surface of consciousness. Heretofore, we've been skimming the surface of consciousness. But now we have the opportunity through meditation to go deeper toward that superconscious wisdom and begin to benefit from it. I'm, I'm so uh, grateful for, you know, those that are listening to the show because there have been just some real uh, defining moments of, you know, what it's about being an intentional spirit. Um, and I, 
I'm just, I really am uh, just so thrilled to hear you so many say so many things, you know, instead of theory, let's move into practice, let's be practical, let's have that plan, let's, that blueprint, that organization of our own mind and our super consciousness meditation. The health values are endless um, with what you offer there at the American Meditation Institute. And, and what you're saying about the DNA, it actually was, uh, Leonard, in the early stages of my life being uh, born into a deep-rooted Southern Baptist community that you just responded to what people told you to. You know what? Oh, that's preacher, right. That's right. The teacher right. said to do what the doctor said to do, what the person said to do, without ever thinking for yourself. Um, like you, I ask a lot of questions going, whoa, this doesn't feel right at all. And it, it is fascinating because by the time I was 13, I was already told all the things I was going to have mm-hmm. that other members of my family had. And I'm like, this isn't true. This doesn't sound true at all. And I'm so grateful that I discovered the teachings of, of unity and science of mind because we're about that we are all unique. We are all original and I, I taught this whole thing one time on the DNA, and the DNA remains constant for people who are doing and never asking, or doing and never assessing, you know, does this have to be my truth? So what you're saying is so powerful. I'm so glad to hear that in a greater way, people are starting to get that information that you don't have to be like your parents and your grandparents and there's so many people that use that as an excuse or a, or a reason um, to stay behind of any kind of co-responsibility or inter-responsibility. There's a lovely little story about uh, uh, newlyweds. Uh, the, the first night that they're together and, and uh, the bride uh, is making uh, her family's famous meatloaf recipe and... Uh, she bakes it uh, for her husband, and he eats it, and and he he was just floored. He said, "This is this is the this is the best meatloaf I've ever had in my life." But I have a question for you that I don't understand. And she said, "What is it, dear?" He said, "I I was watching you prepare the meatloaf, and you you were very conscientious with so much love. You put all these wonderful ingredients into it. You formed it into a beautiful loaf. Then you." Then you took a, a large knife and you cut off three inches, and you threw away that those three inches, and then you just baked the rest. Why is that? Why do you do that? She said, "I have absolutely no idea. I'll ask my mother." <laughs> so she gets a hold of her mom. Mom, you know that recipe that you gave me for the meatloaf? Yes, we all love it. Yes. Well, why is it that uh, uh, we're instructed to form? Uh, all the great ingredients into a loaf, then take a knife out and cut off three inches, throw out that three inches, and then uh, just bake the rest of it. Why is that, Mom? She says, you know, I have absolutely no idea. I'll ask Graham. Graham, the mother says, you know that meatloaf story? Yes, yes. She said, well, that recipe? She said, yes. Well, why is it that we uh, uh, take the knife out and then cut off three inches? The grandmother says, well, in the old country, we only had a small pan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it. I want to thank all of you for participating today. And Leonard, I I love that story. Um, Everyone, tune in and know more about Leonard Perlmutter. He is definitely dedicated to the teaching and art of the heart of, of yoga and science and meditation uh, go to the American Meditation, uh, dot org website and find out so much about what he's doing and how they're changing people in everyday lives and also helping our children in the education system. You know how much I love being with you on Wednesdays. It's, it's Wednesdays live. Thank you so much for all that all of you do and thank you for sharing our show with others. God bless you on this incredible journey that we call life. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. 
Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. To paraphrase Einstein, I can't solve a problem at the level of the problem. The world's great religions tell us to treat others as we would like to be treated. Remembering that thought makes it a little easier for me to become a peacemaker, a bringer of love when conflict appears. When I choose to be a peacemaker, a loving response or sometimes silence replaces the snappy comeback to an unkind statement directed my way. The momentary satisfaction of winning an argument gives way to the deeper satisfaction of helping to create a more peaceful world, a world where destructive conflict no longer has a place. Peace really can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, 
Join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Metaphysical Rock 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul. The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. 
let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.